0: Amen. Thank you. You can uh, have a stand, however you prefer, open the Word of God to the book of Ephesians. As we uh, attempt today to finish Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. So, uh, over the last couple weeks, we've talked about the riches of the gospel. Uh, More valuable than any earthly thing, these riches take us from being alienated from God Almighty who we saw last week, is able to do exceedingly, exceedingly ab- above all we can ask or think. And he has now accepted us as his child. Uh, this is the mystery of the gospel. That now even we, as Gentiles, who have historically been separated from God, we now have spiritual eyes open to be able to see the truth. And so what, we have, what we've seen is that our, our riches lead to responsibility, How does it affect our lives? The book of Ephesians answers that question. Uh, Last week, the admonition was to walk in unity. Uh, And that is a spiritual grace that that comes from within and and, and gives room for discrepancies over non-essential things. It's different from uniformity that is forced. Unity is a choice. It's chosen. Uh, When we live in humility... And gentleness and patience and bear with one another. When we speak truth in love, only speaking what is edifying to the body of Christ. This is how the church stays unified and continues to move forward as the light of the world with the saving message of Jesus Christ. Uh, When we pick it up in chapter 5 today, we come back to a key word that we saw last week. The word walk. Uh, Just remember uh, chapter 4 verse 1, I beseech you to walk Worthy of the calling with which you were called. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators as dear children. Now, um, before we go any further, have you recently uh, just looked on your phone and looked at all the pictures that you have on your phone? Uh, If you're like me, um, you think, Okay, why do I have so many pictures on my phone? I need to delete some. Uh, But uh, you'll probably also find your kids or your grandkids, if you have them, Uh, mimicking you I recently found this uh, this adorable picture of of six-year-old Corinne and she had this guitar and she was just singing her heart out you know she had seen mom and dad do some of those things and so she was mimicking and so what what we this word here be imitators of God that word imitators is very close to our word mimic And so the imperative is, as God's children, we should do what we see Him doing. We should mimic Him. If it reminds you of uh, any of you who are doing the Experiencing God study, it should. God is always at work around us, and He invites us to become involved in His work. And so we do that by coming back to that key word, walk. Uh, So uh, think about this. You can write this down. In life, when we walk, we have a destination. Okay, you can write that down. When we walk, we have a destination. Um, now, sometimes uh, we, uh, we get up and we walk to the fridge and uh, we forget where we're going, even before we get to the fridge. And, I mean, I don't know if anybody else does that, but, uh, but we still have a destination. And so chapters 5 and 6 tell us the destination of the Christian life. And number one on your outline, walk in love. Walk in love. Therefore be imitators of God as their children and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Uh, so we've talked about it before and you're probably familiar with. There are four different Greek words for love. The word love in our English language. We kind of throw it around. I mean, I, I love dots pretzels and I love my family, but I don't love them in the same way. Uh, the Greek word for uh, the love we have for family is storge. That's just the instinctual love that parents have for kids and vice versa. Uh, the Greek word for, um, for brotherly love is phileo. Think uh, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Uh, Eros describes the love between a husband and a wife. But the word here in Ephesians is none of the above. The word here is agape. Say that with me. Agape. Agape is the highest form of love. It transcends all of the above. And it, it's not natural. Uh, agape love is self giving, it isn't conditional, it expects nothing in return. And agape love describes our Heavenly Father, the, the love that He has for you and me, the love that He has for the world. Uh, John three sixteen, for God so agape. Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so the admonition here in Ephesians is for believers to walk in this type of love. Not self-centered, not expecting anything in return, not natural. we're We're told when we do, this is a sweet smelling aroma to God. And so the way we live our lives, the way we walk, somehow makes heaven smell good. And so, in order to see what this looks like, we go back to the last two verses of chapter 4. Remember, when this was written, there weren't uh, chapter numbers and verse numbers, it was all just one letter. So, go back to chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. I I looked up that word, it's just an angry yell. Think uh, riots, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, Evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5, verse 1. Be imitators of God and walk in love. And then it says, avoid these. Notice this list. Uh, verse 3. But fornication. So fornication is anything sexual outside of one man, one woman marriage. Go ahead and say anything. Anything. Uh, not some things anything. Uh, The next one on the list is uncleanness. That is uh, impure motives. And so you you just have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart when you hear these things. Um, Impure motives. Are are, are we guilty of it? It's something that only God can see and so we must allow him to work in our hearts. Um, Covetousness. Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness Um, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience It was used for us before we knew Christ. Back in 2. Therefore do not be partakers. To chapter 4, verse 31. And count, there are... Uh, Twelve things God's Word tells us to avoid in order to walk in love. And I would venture to say that we've all been guilty or all are guilty of at least one and likely more. So, uh, we hear this list, we might think, okay, uh, all this seems pretty impossible. Just give up on it and just move on to on the list. And if you thought that, you'd be partially right. You'd be right. Because the truth is give up. You should give up trying to live this Christian life on your, to God's standards on your You cannot do it. In our uh, Remember this list in First Corinthians 6, uh, 9 and following. Uh, it, it's a list that includes many of the things that we've seen here in Ephesians 5. It says, uh, do, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm so thankful that he put in this next verse. And such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our Lord. See, when we try to fix us on our own, uh, we might be able to keep it up for a little while, but we will inevitably fail. I've seen it over and over in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. Um, does anybody else like to use wood heat in their house? Anybody else? I'm, I'm talking about the real wood fire, not, not gas. So uh, we love the ambiance of, of a fire in the fireplace. And so uh, I, I noticed something recently. I go to the fireplace and I try to start this fire and I would get a fire starter and I would even get kindling and I would I would get it going and it, it looked, looked like it was going really good. And so I'd I walk away to do something else, come back in an hour, no fire. Okay, so I'd try it again. I'd get another fire starter, I'd get more kindling, I'd get it going, looked like it was going really good. I'd go back to do something else for an hour, come back, and it's no fire. And, and so... I was doing everything right. Uh, I I used a fire starter, I got got some kindling, I got it going really good, but what I've learned is instead of just walking away, I need to spend time with it in order to get it going. You know what, Our, our, our Christian walk is exactly the same. We might start the right way, we might get the flames going pretty good, but then we, we walk away and we do something else. We get, we get distracted. We, get, we, we neglect it. And, and when we come back, the fire is out. When what we need to do is to spend more time with it, stoking the fire, uh, not worrying about other non-essential things, but taking time to make sure that our walk with God is going strong. Uh, and church, something else that I've noticed, uh, you know, Unless the Lord wakes me up, unless I get up in the middle of the night and throw another log in the fire, i got to get up and do the same thing the next morning. And again, our, our Christian walks are the same. Uh, you know, sometimes the Lord wakes us up in the middle of the night, and I think there is purpose with that. But it, if He doesn't, we got to get up the next morning and do it all over again. But this is just part, this is the process, the sanctification process uh, that we're called To walk. Um, Man, because I cannot be unconditional on my own. I cannot walk in this type of love. I can walk in selfish love on my own. But this God-type love, I can't do it on my own. I cannot be like Christ. And so I do need to stop trying to do it on my own. And I just need to surrender to His working through me. So walk in love. Number two on your outline. Walk in light. Walk in light. Now let's pick it up in uh, verse 8. For you were once darkness. Notice it says uh, you're not once in darkness, but you were just darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Okay, so think about this for for a moment. Uh, Physically speaking, it is impossible to be in both pure darkness and pure light at the same time. It can't be done. And I know some of you are thinking, well, if we, if we made this, this special suit that only took up half of our bodies and uh, then we could block off one side and be in dark... No, I mean, for this, some of you are smarter than me, and I know you could probably figure that out, but uh, for our illustration here today... We can't be in both pure darkness and pure light. So, what makes us think that we can do that spiritually? Because you know what? We, t- we take the same attitude with our spiritual lives. Well, if I can just uh, if I could do some of these things over here, and then I go to church and, and I punch the time clock, then I'm good. See, it's, it's kind of the, the same attitude. I can get away with both things, but it's impossible that list that we started earlier could be titled the unfruitful works of darkness. And so we already have an idea of what they are. And so as God's children, what makes us, myself included, think that we can get away with these dirty little secrets, things that we would be horrified if people found out about? Do we not care that God already knows and it's ultimately Him who we're sinning against? Remember that O in our gospel presentation from just a couple of weeks ago? The offense of sin? See, the severity of our sin is determined by the majesty of the one sinned against. Hebrews 4.13 There is no creature hidden from, from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Ephesians 5.12 said it. it. It's shameful to even speak of these things done in the dark. Do we not realize that the light of Christ exposes sin. But the good news is, the light of Jesus overcomes sin. In church, it's a whole lot easier if we allow the light of Christ to just have His way in our lives, rather than just expose us. Yeah. Ultimately, He is the one that we'll answer to. So why do we continue to try to walk in both darkness and darkness? light in order to walk in light we need to wake up and make that commitment to daily stoke the fire of our relationships with God and when we do that we are being the light of Christ to the people around us and so walk in love walk in light number three walk in wisdom walk in wisdom Ephesians five fifteen. So then that you walk, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. That word uh, circumspectly means carefully, with exactness. It's the opposite of being careless. It's the opposite of sleepwalking that is implied by verses uh, 13 and 14 there. Now, we all know people who are careless. We know people who are carefree. There is a difference. In our Christian walk, uh, wisdom tells us that we can be carefree knowing that Jesus is in control. But wisdom also says that we cannot be careless and follow whatever whim comes our way. As believers, we are to be grounded in our faith, knowing what we believe and why we believe it. So that when, not if, but when faith-shaking moments come our way, we're already on solid ground. The truth of the Word of God, His promises, His abilities, His power, not the lies that Satan continually shoots at us. And if the fire has been daily stoked, we'll stay the course. This is how we redeem the time in these evil days. This is how we walk in wisdom. And so uh, answer this question what lies does Satan have you believing right now what lies does Satan have you believing is there anything that you've you've recently gotten worked up of o- over or defensive over and and have you checked it against the word of God we again myself included we can get pretty worked up and defensive over some pretty ungodly things we myself included we are more than capable of being blinded to the lies of satan we can make his voice the loudest voice in our lives and as this letter to the ephesians begins to finish out god tells us what this christian walk looks like within our homes the next blanks on on your outline uh first within our marriages within our marriages Ephesians 5.22-24 through 24, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And let me just say this. There is no cookie-cutter formula for this. Uh, wives, you submitting to your husband may look different than somebody else submitting to her husband. And guys, before we are ready to just uh, print this verse, these verses on t-shirts and, and just distribute them, let's keep reading. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Look at that word love there. What form of love do you think it's, is used? What do, you, what do you think? If you were, were to guess. Husbands, love your wives. It's agape, yeah. Self-giving. Not conditional not natural, like Christ. That's the kind of love that we are called to love with. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should, she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love, there it is again, their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, So uh, eight times between verse 25 and the end of the chapter 6, God uses that same word, agape. Guys, this is what we are to choose to show our wives. And when we do, it makes it a whole lot easier for our wives to respect us and submit to us. Now, the word respect there, it means uh, to give deference. If I open the door for somebody and let them go ahead, I've given Deference. And as we read those verses, it's, very, it's quite possible. Uh, wives, you may be thinking, well, uh, you know, my husband is not respectable. And so you can't expect me to submit to him. Or guys, maybe you're thinking, well, she doesn't deserve for me to love her sacrificially like that. And the truth is, uh, you, mo- you both may be right. However, Jesus is respectable enough. And Jesus is lovable enough. And he does deserve, each one of us, loving and respecting our spouses like God calls us to love and respect them. Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. And there's evidence in the word that when we do, our faith influences our spouse. And God uses our example to change them into finding Christ, being more like Christ. So this is how to walk in love, light, and wisdom in our marriages. These principles apply to our parents and families. The next blank on your outline. Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now there's a shirt we could put on a, on a t-shirt, right parents? Uh, the same principles apply to slaves and masters. Uh, the next one, it would be for our jobs. The next blank there. Our jobs as employees and employers. Some of us feel like we're slaves at our jobs. I get it. Maybe. Uh, Ephesians six five bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of Christ in sincerity of heart as to Christ. So maybe you're thinking, well, my parents don't deserve me to obey them. My boss doesn't deserve me to listen to them to him. And the key word, key phrase there is as to Christ, as to christ because jesus does deserve for us to listen to his word our obedience to jesus doesn't depend upon anyone else Uh, we will close with probably the most famous passage in all this letter ephesians 6 10 through 18 finally my brethren uh, be strong in yourself and in the power of your might is that what it says there um no be strong in the lord and in the power of his might. Uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles uh, is very close to our English word for method. So uh, the only way that we can stand against the deceitful methods of the devil is right here. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so we are reminded that we are in a war. And so Paul puts it in terms that we can understand, but don't miss out what God's really saying because this is more than just a, a costume we put on. You can write down these key words. The belt of truth. First, first word is, is truth there. Okay, so uh, silly question. What does a belt do? I mean, if you think about it, uh, I know some of you ladies, it's an accessory. I, okay, but practically, a belt, it keeps your drawers up, right? Uh, it keeps you from being embarrassed. So, I mean, that's what, that's what truth does for us. Uh, we stand on truth. We won't get duped by all the lies. We won't be embarrassed by, by what we believe, what we fall for. Um, just a reminder, John seventeen seventeen. Your word is truth. Uh, The next one, write write this down, the breastplate of righteousness. What What does a breastplate do? It protects your heart and your core. In the same way, righteous living protects us. Living right, daily stoking that fire, walking in wisdom and light and love. And so we could conversely say that unrighteous living harms us. Um, The next blank, for shoes, we have the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace. Uh, Remember that gospel presentation from a couple weeks ago. Are we prepared with the gospel? You have a go-to presentation because only it will bring true peace. Uh, The next one is is faith, shield of faith. We've seen that a lot lately, and we're going to continue to see it as we continue through the New Testament. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When the object of our faith is the only one worthy of our faith, then we can quench the fiery darts and the lies and the deception that Satan flings at us. Next one is salvation. The helmet of salvation. Found only in Jesus. That's a guarded mind that goes beyond just head knowledge all the way to the heart. And so, I mean, look at this list. We have truth, righteousness, peace. Faith, salvation, don't forget prayer, and the Word of God. These are how we move forward in faith. Now look at that list. You, uh, you saw this, this heading that said, Weapons of War. None of these would be on your list. You wouldn't think any of these would. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation. Prayer, the Word of God. See, the war that we are in is a different kind of war. It's a spiritual battle. That's why we've got to use a different kind of weapons. And again, we cannot do this on our own. This is how we walk in love, light, wisdom, and unity that we saw just a couple of weeks ago. These are the riches found in the mystery of the gospel. So we've covered a lot today. But as we uh, go into a time of invitation, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes right where you are? (coughs) Answer the, the, the two questions that we always like to answer at this time. What has God said to you? And what are you going to do about it?